Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So you like listening to live radio, do you? Well, how about that? Glad we're back on the air, though. Appreciate you hanging around. It's Brendan Escott and Cam Moon here, 135 in Edmonton. Uh, we're we're going to check in uh, on Seattle momentarily. Yes. I, see, I see the wheels turning there on the other side of the glass. <laughs> uh, big, big game. Four of them big games tonight. Four elimination games in the NHL. But uh, the Kraken... Maybe the most intriguing team of all. They've got the the defending Stanley Cup champions up against the ropes right here. So uh, we'll check in right now with their television play-by-play man, John Forsland, formerly in the Carolina circuit, but the last couple of years, John, in Seattle. You're on with Brendan and Cam. How's it going today? Now we've got you. Sorry, John. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate you jumping aboard here on a game day, especially. And I got to ask, I mean, how have we ended up here? Because from afar, John, uh, this looks like the defending Stanley Cup champions down to an expansion team in a sense. But I'm sure there's a lot more layers to it than that. Yeah, you have to really look closely at the whole situation. It's, It's, you know... I can understand that. I can understand, you know, people on the outside looking at this series and I think across the board. I mean, some people, to be fair, were saying this was going to be over in three games, right? Never mind the four. So it looked that lopsided, but I think there's two things in play. Number one, Colorado's not the same. They're not the same team they were last season. They did return uh, a boatload of players from their Stanley Cup team, but when you when you look at their their lines, and there's no Nazem Kadri, there's no Andre Burakovsky, um, Val Nachushkin is involved in a controversy here. You know, there's there's a lot of things going on that make it different. There's a new goalie. He's played fairly well, but he's a new goalie. So, uh, um, is it the same? Maybe. They did a great job in the second half to push to win the division for the third straight year they got that done and then there's the Kraken who came into the season based on year number one with no expectation but it played really well all season I mean a lot of people don't even know that the Kraken have more five on five goals than any team in the NHL uh, they have extreme balance with their with their lineup yes they they don't have the star power they don't have superstar players they shouldn't as an expansion team but they have some really good veterans with cup experience you know there's seven players on the roster that have won a Stanley Cup and a couple of have won multiple cups so they have different sweaters on but they know how to play in the playoffs uh i'm not surprised by it because i see them and i've seen them all season obviously and see them every day uh but they're playing to their identity and they're frustrating colorado right now they're coming off a big win and uh, the toughest one obviously is the old cliche but that'll be tonight we'll see where it goes you talk about that balanced attack 13 different players with at least a goal nobody more than two though how important has that that spread out wealth of offense been for this team in this series? Well, they don't have to change anything. You know, I think that's the key. I mean, when teams start to change in any playoff series, no matter what round it is, that's when your 
onto something. That's when the other side is onto something. And the Kraken so far have been able to get into this series, establish their game in Denver. They were 2-0-1 against the Avalanche in the regular season. Usually that has no bearing on the playoffs. I understand that. But for whatever reason, they've played well against this team. they played well in Denver. And maybe that starts with Philip Grubauer, who's been very good in the series in goal, who's a former uh, Colorado goalie, as you know, and um, knows their team, knows the building, and is comfortable there. They know him too. So it's not like uh, there's any secrets here, but so far so good for him. So I think, uh, you know, when you look at the, the, the series in, in total, uh, for instance, in the last game, the, the Kraken lose Jared McCann, the 40-goal scorer, to an unfortunate injury when he was hit by Kale McCarr um, after a scoring chance, after a whistle. Uh, McCarr was suspended for the game. McCann's out, will be out tonight. And they put a young kid in from the American Hockey League, Ty Cartier, who won the American Hockey League's Rookie of the Year, and he scored his first goal in Game 5. So there's been one story after another with this team all season, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Not the least of which, Matty Beneers as his full-time rookie season here. Got a, a cup of coffee at the end of last year, but I believe he's centering both Jordan Everly and and, uh, and Jaden Schwartz on that line. And, and I wonder if you could sort of evaluate his playoffs through five games for us, John. Five games, one goal for Beneers. It's been good. It hasn't been great. He hasn't had to be great. He's had to anchor that line, and for the entire season, it's really been uh, Beneers, McCann, and Eberle. Um, and then in this series, now with McCann being out, the, the rookie that I just mentioned, Cartier, moved up and played on the line with Beneers and, and Eberle. And they were very good in Game 5. I think the steadying force on the line all season has been Jordan Eberle, who your fans are very familiar with. Uh, he's been a quiet leader for all practical purposes. He may be the captain of this team. They don't have one, but there's a collection of players that are in that leadership group. But he, he's done a remarkable job, I think, to getting Maddie through the first season of ups and downs. You know, first time as a U.S. college player that has to play a schedule like this. Uh, Beneers went through a couple of scoring droughts during the season. The first one was about 10 games, and he never changed his two-way game, which I think is really admirable for a 20-year-old. The second one came in the second half of the year. It was about a, a half-dozen games or so that was a little different he started to stretch himself out and I think he was getting frustrated aside from that he's been remarkable he, he's been asked to be either one or two center depending on how you want to number the lines here and he's handled it so he, I think he'll win rookie of the year and uh, we'll see where that one goes but it's been a very good season you know for him he looks like not only a player that can put points on the board but I think most importantly he's got a real sound defensive game for this stage of his career and his age and that's only going to improve philip grubauer looks like he's playing his best goal of the whole season right now and and that does fall in line with his career playoff numbers john have you seen a difference in him whether that be what he does on the ice or what he does off the ice going from the regular season to this playoffs uh, not in the last two and a half, maybe three months. Uh, you know, even though his his percentage is below ninety, you know, for the regular season, and the last season was a difficult challenge for for everyone connected with the Kraken, including himself, who's trying to justify a, a, the first big contract in his career after a a Vesna finalist season with Colorado. It's funny, you know, he holds the Colorado record for save percentage in the season, which is nine eighteen, and his save percentage in this series is nine eighteen as he enters the game tonight and he he in the last 
like I said, two and a half to three months has uh, adjusted his game uh, for the lion's share of the season. Martin Jones was a really big story here. Uh, 27 wins, I believe 49 appearances, uh, got them through a period where Grubauer was hurt and Grubauer couldn't gain any traction. Jones was carrying most of the water, uh, but Grubauer has worked hard with, a, there's a new goalie coach with the Kraken, Steve Briere, many years with Toronto. You might be familiar with the name and he's kind of, uh, I think dialed Grubauer in technically. He's not as active, not as jumpy as he was that we saw the first year. And uh, Grubauer has been terrific, even in losing efforts uh, this year. Uh, a lot of the games, for whatever reason, Jones would win, they'd be 6-4. Uh, Grubauer would get in there and he'd lose 3-1 to one or 2-1. to one. Uh, But now going into the playoffs, he was on his game, and in this round he's been really on his game. So uh, for the Kraken to, to win tonight, to close it out, to move forward, if that happens, uh, Grubauer has to be at the head of the bus. I mean, that's the only way they're going to get it done. Most teams need that. Uh, but he has a pedigree. He has a pedigree and he has a burn to prove that, uh, you know, his place with this franchise is uh, is warranted. And I think uh, he's got a lot to prove there. Chatting with the play-by-play man of the Seattle Kraken, John Forslund. Can, can you give us an update on Jared McCann's health and status? Is, is there a chance that he's back at some point in these playoffs or what's the latest? No clue. Uh, the team is calling it undisclosed. I mean, it obviously looks like head trauma. Um, I'm not going to speculate on whether he's concussed or not, but it appears that he could be. Um, so I guess that's speculation. But I don't think. I don't think he. I know he's not playing tonight. And uh, who knows? It will, you know when he gets in a position because he hasn't been even on the ice since the injury. It's really unfortunate the play happened. It's unfortunate that you know you lose a player like this in a circumstance like that, which had nothing to do with the game action, uh, although the player that hit him believes that the, the, it was the case. But anyway, it's it's too bad. He was having a great season. Uh, they're going to need him if they move forward. Um, but as of right now, it's really indefinite, so I don't have any update on his status. John, I was saying earlier in the show, I think it'd be great for Seattle to win around here in the playoffs and, and really get that ball rolling with the, with the fans of the Pacific Northwest and I've been to Seattle over the years, well, since the 80s, when it comes to the WHL and how strong yeah. a following the Thunderbirds have had. Now with the Kraken and the, the beautiful building at the Climate Pledge Arena, how has uh, the has Seattle really jumped on board with this Kraken team here in the playoffs? Well, it's been a remarkable journey so far for me. Um, you know, even the first year. The first year, you tell people, people say, gee, that must have been tough to be around them and go through that. And I say, no, I I say there was a lot of great stories that most people didn't pay attention to. It was a COVID season. We still struggled through a lot of challenges there. These guys were trying to formulate a a team bond under those restrictions, which was almost impossible, but the fans were, were here. The fans feel like, like you say, it's a, it's a beautiful building. It's one of the best buildings in North America. It's ideally set for key fans are right on top of the game, but you never know what you have until you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? There's, there's nothing like it and I know from all of my years almost a quarter of a century in Raleigh that uh, it wasn't really real until the Hurricanes participated in the Stanley Cup playoffs and that's when those fans got a taste of it and then, then they decided to you know jump on board with all of that that's good for the old bandwagon but then they start to pay attention more they start to learn about the game for the fans that are new to it in Seattle as you point out there's tremendous tradition here with junior hockey and professional hockey going way back when 
hundred and plus years ago, they won a Stanley cup in Seattle. Um, so the thing that's happening now is they're getting a taste and Monday night here, when Jordan Everly scored in overtime and they won their first home playoff game, it was a unbelievable experience. And so tonight I can only imagine what this is going to be like. It's going to be up to the crack in the channel, their emotions, the right way, get through the game and attempt to close it out. Um, but the, the fervors here, it's a wonderful market. As you know, it's a tremendous sports area. And fans in Seattle have an identity. Just look at the Seahawks and what they bring to the table. Uh, the Kraken are going to develop that. But you've got to get into the playoffs. You've got to have a, a rivalry set with somebody. Right now, it will be Colorado. They'll be the first rival. Everyone expects it to be Vancouver. But until you go head-to-head in a playoff series, you know that's when it really comes around. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, it, it, it's great to be part of this. And uh, so far, so good as far as the uh, the fans and, and this the, the general awareness here in Seattle has been off the charts. Really happy to hear that, John. I wish you all the best in calling the game tonight, and hopefully that uh, we get to talk to you a couple times more throughout this playoff run. Anytime. Just reach out. My pleasure, guys. Right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. John. Here's John Forsland. He's the uh, play-by-play man on TV for the Seattle Kraken there, joining us sort of at the 11th hour. So a special uh, special shout-out to John there. Uh, sometimes you just make the show up on the fly, and it turns out. <laughs> and sometimes the board gives up, and, and you have dead air for a couple of minutes. It is what it is. I can tell you with certainty that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more, and they're still making it great. Get their new Canadian club pizza ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes as well. Visit royalpizza.ca. We'll come back and we'll break down the goaltending situation ahead of tomorrow's Game 6 for Hugh Porter. We're going to protect the net when we get back on Oilers Now. It is very much a Friday on today's show. Nadesh got Cam Moon. We're jamming out with you here in the final eight and a half minutes of the program. Appreciate you sticking around. Game six tomorrow night. You cannot watch it at Rogers Place unless you've already got a ticket to get inside. Of course, that's sold out in an hour. But... Get down there early, two hours before puck drop. That's right around 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. You will get access to the Ford tailgate party, to the Scotiabank Plaza at Ice District, a couple of the outdoor watch parties. Be one of the 10,000-plus extra spectators um, spilling into the downtown core. It, like I just... To me, this is this is better than Christmas. This is the best time of year for the fact that it is such a community of hockey fans. It is a parade after each and every game, win or lose. The, the, there's people standing outside making the media feel like uh, gorillas at a zoo there in the media room. It's <laughs> yeah. um, it's just such an energy here. So I uh, I did meet some very uh, enthusiastic fans uh, after the game the other night at Pub 1905. Enthusiastic and inebriated. <laughs> well, maybe a little of column A, a little of column B. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It's, it's been the vibe, the whole vibe around the rink, in the rink, all of it. Yeah, outside, outside the Hall of Fame room, all of it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing that uh, it's been so over the top. And I just want it to keep going. Oh, yeah. Drink it up. And we'll see if they can uh, extend it at least another th- series tomorrow. Let's take a, a peek inside the cage. Protect the net. Brought to you by Solve Cyber Security. Stay ahead of cyber threats with a team that you can trust. Visit S01VE.io.
There you go. Well, not, not .ca, not .com, .io. Okay. Uh, I would suggest that it's going to be Stuart Skinner versus Jonas Corposalo. I know Corposalo got pulled in that last game, but there's no way you turn around from the guy that's been the, the starter for the, the first five games of the series. I can't see it. And and I know Phoenix Copley came in this year when they were having issues early in the season with the Jonathan Quick, Cal Peterson were having some struggles. Phoenix Copley comes up from the American League, kind of saves the day through yeah. the regular season, but they make the deal for Jonas Corposalo. He was, uh, I thought, incredible early in this series. Oilers got to him a little bit and yeah. did last game, definitely, but they carried a lot of the play. I'd be stunned if Corposalo doesn't start the game tomorrow night. Yeah, he's 2-3 and three in the series, did take the loss in that game 5. Uh, 3.49 goals against average, 9.04 save percentage for Corposalo. Conversely, Stuart Skinner, your uh, best bet here, two wins, two losses in the series, an 8.84 save percentage, 3.31 goals against average in for the rookie. That is protect the net again for Hugh Porter and uh, Saul cyber security again uh, stay ahead of cyber threats with a team you can trust visit s01ve.io all right that pretty well does it let's get to this day in oilers history it's brought to you by new west travel serving travelers since 1979 book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com 1984 Oilers and North Stars combine to set a Stanley Cup playoff record for most power play goals in one game with seven. Minnesota had four, the Oilers three, as Edmonton won 8-5 in game three of the Campbell Conference Finals. It's a lot of power play action there. That was some series. Uh, Edmonton uh, on their way to their first Stanley Cup victory. They'd been to the Stanley Cup the year before, lost to the Islanders and beat the Islanders in 84. Later on in that series, though, Escott, later on in that series, they go to Minnesota. Van Halen came, played at Rexall Place. Oh, wow. 1984 tour. Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. It was good. That's a piece of history. Oh, was it? There you go in 1984. Okay, tomorrow we've got the Oilers and Kings live from Crypto.com Arena. 8 o'clock puck drop coverage starts at 6. That's when you can head down to the fan park there as well. 6 o'clock. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, you'll hear Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8. He's got former Oilers forward and captain Shane Corson on the show. But up next, it's Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Chelsea on Ched at 3 o'clock. And Randy Kilburn's got the headlines. Global News traffic, uh, global news weather traffic update coming up next. Brendan and Cam, so long.